Welcome to North Douglas Church Online. I'm Pastor Rod Fair here in Victoria, British Columbia. It is a, a great honor to be able to preach this fifth message in the series, this 50-day spiritual adventure, Jesus' Journey to Easter. And today we're going to talk about a garden. Victoria, of course, is very famous for its gardens and flowers, um, but this is a different garden, probably more famous in the world, the Garden of Gethsemane, because Jesus went there to be able to pray as he wrestled with uh, God's will for his life, that he would be able to lay down his life as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And he talked to God the Father about uh, what this was going to be like, and he wrestled with God's will. I want to remind you that you can uh, find all of these messages about the 50-day spiritual adventure online on our uh, media pages, YouTube, Facebook. We have uh, the sermons available also on podcast. And so uh, please look there or our website, northdouglaschurch.com, and you'll find all of the information there about these messages as well as things about the church. You know, we are encouraging people to be able to write inspiring notes in the midst of this 50-day spiritual adventure. You can uh, write a song lyric or a scripture verse. You can write down uh, some sort of quote that was by an author that inspires your faith. Post it around your home to an encourage you day to day. And especially, if you can, post it on your social media pages using the hashtag inspiring your faith and other people will be able to see that inspiring quote and just encouraged because of what you have posted and written there. I know that uh, in today's message as we continue on this journey as Jesus makes his way towards resurrection day, as he makes his way uh, towards the cross, being buried in a tomb and then raised from the dead, it is a, an amazing thing to know that all of these things were going to happen and that he needed to wrestle in prayer with these issues. And so today's message is called Prayer in the Garden. You know, in the series of events that led up to the Resurrection Day, Jesus went to the point of sharing the Lord's Supper with the disciples, and he, he talked about the bread and the wine, the significance of his body and his blood being sacrificed for the forgiveness of sin. And even though he was talking about these things, he knew they were going to happen. There's a very emotional component to being able to lay down your life. And so when he goes to the Mount of Olives, he wrestles with the whole idea that this is God's will and that it is a painful uh, event that he's going to go through. And I want you to hear it from Matthew chapter 26. Let's start in verse 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. After Jesus had spent this time in in prayer, it was when Judas, who was to betray Jesus, came with a mob, a a crowd uh, of uh, temple guards as well as others, and they arrested Jesus. They took him before the religious leaders, accusing him of uh, blasphemy and many other dark things. It was during this time in the garden that he really cried out to God the Father. He was troubled in his spirit. He was He was troubled to the point of death because of the things that were about to take place. And I want you to, I want you to notice, I want you to consider the struggle of Jesus and what he went through. I want you to to take in the emotion of what it meant for him. And I understand it, what it meant for him to say, my father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, yet Not what I will, but what you will. It's an amazing thing that he had said. I want you to know that it is no small thing to die. And this is what Jesus was facing. He was facing his death. He knew it was coming. You know, the way that God created our bodies, there is this instinct response of survival that we will do just about anything to stay alive that within us, within our humanness, there is uh, this great urge to, you know, fight off any pain or fight off any fear in order to be able to preserve our life. And you can imagine what was going on uh, inside of Jesus, that there is a very real fight or flight kind of instinct that says, I don't want to die. And I believe that Jesus was wrestling with this as it's just human nature and he had a human nature. And so he was trying to figure out this is God's will, but death is a hard thing. It's not an easy thing to go through a point of dying. And so in order to lay down his life, he had to wrestle with this. Listen to what Romans chapter 5 says. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The struggle for Jesus was very real. You know, when Luke talks about this event in the garden and Jesus praying, he literally says that there was a sweat falling like drops of blood As Jesus wrestled with this, he talks about angels that were coming to minister to Jesus in the midst of this prayer time. It is an amazingly hard thing. You know, the disciples, even when Jesus talked about dying and they said, well, we're willing to die with you. And uh, Peter 
himself said, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. I will do whatever it takes. I will go and sacrifice my life with you. And Jesus shook his head and said, even tonight, you're going to deny me three times. It's a hard thing to die. And in our humanness, we would say, we will do everything to fight it off. We will do everything to preserve our life. And Jesus had to think through that in order to lay down his life to do the will of God. It's no small thing to die. But I want you to know that it's also no small thing to do God's will. It is a big thing to be able to accomplish what God has for us. And in the midst of that, the culture is saying, well, you know, you should do whatever you want. The status quo of our culture says that you should indulge yourself. And in order to do God's will, we've got to think a different way. We've got to think, what does God really want? And so God's will requires a person to lay down their own wants. God's will requires a person to lay down their own desires and be able to think, this is what God has spoken. This is what his plan is. And I need to make a decision to pursue it. Romans chapter 12 talks about it this way. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, this is what Jesus had to do. He had to, to test it for himself. He had to be really thinking about what was God's will. In fact, he had to be submissive to God's will. Like the temptation is very real to say, well, if God wants this and it's going to cost so much, then I don't want to do that. But Jesus didn't run away from God's will. He submitted to it. And this is the main point of my message today. Jesus is an example of humble submission to the will of God in the face of the temptation to turn away from God's will. God gives strength in the face of difficulty. Now, this is good, good news for you and me because we're faced with difficulties and there is a temptation to turn away from God, to do things that are easier, to go along with the culture. You know, it is very true that we might feel that the easy path will uh, help us down the road, but truthfully, it, it makes it so hard to relate to God, and it makes it hard to receive eternal life when we're turning away from God's will. His will has great reward, and the consequence of turning away from that is so harsh. And we need to know that in order to do God's will in the face of difficulty, we need to look to Jesus. What did Jesus actually do? We struggle with this. We struggle with our own humanness. You know, back in the 14th century, there was a, a prince that ruled this area, which is now present-day Belgium. His name was uh, Reynald III. And now he had some particular personal desires, and his number one desire that he gave into constantly was food. And he, he loved food. He was well overweight. Now, in this particular time frame, his brother came along and caused a revolt in their small little kingdom, and he captured Reynald III and imprisoned him. And he imprisoned him in a very special room. 
a room that was completely surrounding and built just for his brother. And uh, Reynald III was imprisoned in a room that had no bars on the windows, it had no locks on the door, but it was designed so that the door was especially small and the window was especially small so that Reynald III could not escape. He was too big to fit. And his brother came to him and said this, said, if you can leave this room, then I will restore to you your kingdom and all your wealth. All you have to do is lose enough weight to fit through the door and you're free to leave and I will give everything back to you. Now, this younger brother certainly knew Reynald's weakness. And so every day he had delivered to Reynald's cell all the delicacies of the court, all the pastries and the food that Reynald loved. And you can guess what happened. He didn't get thinner, he got fatter. And he was imprisoned for life. And he was imprisoned not by bars and locks. He was imprisoned by his own desires. He could not overcome the weakness of his own flesh. What are we to do? I mean, we are much like that. We are often imprisoned by our own desires and attitudes. How can we overcome to do the will of God? We need to look to Jesus. And knowing that Jesus is the example is a great help to us. Philippians chapter 2 says this, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If we have the same mindset as Jesus, we can pursue God's will in the face of our own difficulty. We look to what Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane and the prayers that he prayed and, and just realized that Jesus had something that we also need, and that is we need humility. And humility is something that, that can come to us if we're willing to uh, think beyond ourselves. You see, to be humble is not to think less of yourself. To be humble is to think about others. It's to think about others more than yourself. And in terms of God's will, if you want to do the will of God, then what you need to do is you need to think about God's desires. What, what about your life would benefit God? How can you worship God? How can you celebrate who he is? How can you do the things that will promote the kingdom of God? Because if you're willing to go there, if you're willing to pursue the things of God, then you can humble yourself, you can submit to his will, and you can see his will become accomplished. And I, I know that's not the easiest thing. I, I know that we need some help because we are weak and there's often, uh, we rise up and say, I don't want to humble myself. I want what, you know, is good for me. And we need to look beyond and we need to ask God for help. You know, he has promised the Spirit. Jesus promised that he would send the Comforter, the Advocate, and would come alongside of us. And that when we needed help, the Spirit of God would be there to encourage, to guide, to lead us. 
And in fact, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about how the Spirit cries out from within us and helps us in our weakness, even, even to pray that we are helped by the Spirit of God if we come humbly before God asking for his help. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is scripture that is encouraging and helpful to us as we think about doing the will of God. This is what Jesus had to wrestle with. Jesus was facing death. He was facing uh, just pain and suffering, but for the sake of the forgiveness of sin of the world, for the sake of overcoming the devil and all of his power of sin, for the sake of expanding the kingdom of God and including those that could not come in any other way. And Jesus looked at the will of God and went, your will be done. And he humbled himself even to a cross. You know, as we think about what Jesus did for us, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to choose to do the will of God. God is not asking for you to die for mankind. Jesus already did that. He, he already died on a cross, was buried, and has risen to, from the grave for the sake of eternal life as a promise for you and I. But God is asking you for some things. There's some things about the will of God, some actions that he wants you to do. He wants you to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son. God wants you to live in relationship with him. And I pray today that you would choose to do that, that you would choose to submit yourself to God, ask for the forgiveness of your own sin, and that you would learn to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And maybe the Spirit of God has already spoken some things to you that you know that God has given you some tasks to do. I mean, there's some generic tasks that, that are true in God's will for all of us. Um, there are some things like showing love to our neighbor, that we know that we're supposed to love our neighbor. Well, that's part of God's will for you. Will you go out and help them? Not just thinking about them or thinking kind thoughts, but actually doing kind things for them saying good things to your neighbors. We know that all those that are parents were to raise our children to know God and to love God. That's part of God's will for those that have children. And I encourage you that if that's as part of your life, God's will is saying, raise your kids well. Put some time and effort into the relationship that you have with them. Really spend some quality time there. That's God's will for you. You know, it is God's will that we would Worship him with all of our heart, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's God's will for us. And we, if we know that, then we need to do that. How have you worshipped this week? In a few moments, I'm, I'm going to uh, play a recording of a song and hope that you'll worship along uh, all together uh, as we uh, can just open our hearts to who God is. Um, God has written in his word that we're to give thanks. That part of his will is that we would be thankful people. And so I am praying that you would do the will of God by being thankful. However that would come out in your life, whether 
You need to express that to your spouse, whether you need to pray that to God himself, whether you need to post something online that would be encouraging or in a thankful way. That's God's will for, for all of our lives. And he may have spoken some specific things to you personally, and I am praying today that you take those seriously and you will choose to do the will of God. Look to Jesus as the example to humble yourself to God's will. And I know that God is going to pour in the benefit. He's going to pour in the goodness that he has for you and, uh, and will bless you in the midst of his will. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to thank you today for all that you've done and how you sent your son to be an example to us. And as he prayed in the garden, Jesus is such an example of humility and we want to do your will, O oh God Almighty. We pray that you would give us strength, help us to overcome our human weakness so that we can do the things that you have called us to do. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the spirit that helps us. We pray that you would give us this assistance to do the things that bring you glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a great week this week. Please uh, worship along with us as we, as we sing the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails in all my days. I'm held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God For all my life you have been faithful and all my so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest night like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend Oh, I have lived in the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful All my so, so good 
been so, so good With every breath that I am made Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Running